welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your host, Scott Berry. Hello, and welcome back to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we blend the science of success with the art of fulfillment. As always, I'm your host, Scott Berry. And today we have a very special guest, Garrison Cohen. Garrison, welcome. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. So great to have you on the show. So we have danced around and brought up this theme, and that theme is the hero's journey. We've mentioned it many times here on the podcast, and I was so excited to hear that Garrison has extensive experience in this and dare I say an expert at kind of understanding this process and how it relates to, to people. And I feel like this is such an important topic that I really wanted to create an entire show around this theme of the hero's journey. And I would almost be so bold to say that it would be incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to have a like a truly fulfilled life if you haven't gone through one or many heroes' journeys in your life. So I think how I'd like to start off the show is let's let's step back and take a basic definition of the hero's journey. Let's step back in the fifty thousand point view of just in its essence, what is the hero's journey and why is it so important? Well, I'll tell you what, let me answer that question by taking you through a little process if you're open to it and we can use that as the example. All right. Yeah, let's do it. So, so Scott, when you were say around the age of six, give or take a few years, what was one thing that you did that later on in life, you or your family or your childhood friends would look back on and say, wow, that was so Scott to do. Wow. At age six. Okay. Yeah, now, you're take. T- now you're taking me down memory lane. So let me think. So something memorable that people would say that is so Scott. Yeah. And I'll oh. say a little bit more about yeah. where that question comes from because Basically, when you're six, you have enough mental functioning to be able to start making independent choices. But Mm. it's also before the human ego starts to really form and take hold, Mm. where we start to have filters, we start to try to look good, we start to do it right, we start to try not to do it wrong, we start to try to do things because we get rewarded for them or punished for them. And so what we're doing, but when we're six and we're just before that time, the essence of who we are is starting, is coming through us in ways that is nothing but a pure expression of who we are in our essence. That's so interesting. Okay. Let me think about that. But I I love that concept because Mm -hmm. a lot of this, what we would call spiritual work isn't necessarily about evolvement, but it's more just kind of like 
peeling back some of the layers on the onion that we've just put over ourselves year after year after year. And it sounds like just from what you said, that starts from after, I guess, the age of six is when those layers really start to impact you. Obviously, you'll have some stuff earlier than that, but you start to just kind of come into that. All right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. So six. So where was I? Hold on. Now, now let me me say something else as well, because it can go in two different directions here. If you felt safe enough in your own childhood that you could actually be yourself, then your essence comes through you. If you grew up in an environment where you didn't feel that you were safe enough that you could really be you, then something different happens, which is called our island of resilience. And it's that one part of us that just like this giant air bubble from at the bottom of the ocean just shoots up to the surface. And it's that part of us that says, it's okay, I got this. I'll get us through this. And when we do that, we, um, we find, oh, we have a gift for being productive or we have a gift for being funny or we have a gift for being really intense and focused. But that's, that's what comes up in place if we don't have access to our essence as a child. What we're looking for is that thing you did that was just uniquely you. That was the unfiltered you coming through playing, acting out, doing what you wanted in your own way. Because what happens is that as we go through life, often that very thing starts to become challenged by the world around us. And there's a lot of different ways that we can look at our hero's journey experience. But this is the way that I look at it, because the way that I see it is that our entire hero's journey as a human is to return to the essence that we were without filters mm-hmm. and use that as our superpower in the world. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about mine as an example. Sure. And having asked this question many times, there are a number of different stories that, that come to me. But the one that's coming to me in this moment, and it's so funny because I was, even, even as a kid, I was such this like existential, I don't know, almost like this existential alien in my neighborhood. I remember that in my, in my room, For the first part of my youth, there were two beds because my parents would use it as a guest room when guests would come, which was never. So I basically just had two beds in my room. And one day I decided to lay out a pair of pants on each bed, a shirt, some socks, shoes, hat. And I took all my other clothes and I stuffed the clothes until it looked like I had two perfect human bodies laying on my bed. And then I took two Halloween masks and a ski hat and some gloves, just made it literally look like there were two people laying on each individual bed. And all the kid, and then I invited all the kids in the neighborhood to come over and they, they stood there looking at it. And I said, look, I made people. And that was so uniquely me. And what's interesting about it is that my fascination for what makes us people has never changed. I have always been fascinated by what makes us people? What makes us human? What makes us, what makes us us? And that was my very early exploration into that. And the way that that shows up in my life today is literally having the company, the heroes journey experience.com because now I'm really capitalizing on having people understand really who they are, why they've been through the life that they have in service of, of what they're really meant to bring into the world. 
So that, that, that's kind of my version of it. And I wonder if there's something that comes up for you is like, oh, yeah, I did this thing that was very uniquely me when I was a kid. So here's what comes up since you, you brought up that story. And I was really trying to pinpoint the age point on it. But ever since I can remember, I've always been that kid to tinker. I was always mm-hmm. a techie geek. And I was just fascinated by being able to, say, record a television show on the VHS, on the, on the VCR. I remember mixing two tapes together to create this almost like DJ mix on a boombox. Mm. And I was always the person who could set the clock on every single device. Mm. And it's interesting because I'm still that, that person today. Mm. I can remember when we got our first computer, I would take out the entire OS and I would load it back up and I, I would oh. take the computer apart just to see if I could and then put it all back together before my dad got home so he wouldn't get pissed off. Wow. But, Amazing. But I remember that that is definitely something that people would say, oh yeah, that's definitely Scott. And and that's cool. still me to a T today. And I have absolutely never lost that passion. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a great example. And can you remember, is there an earliest story you can remember where you were doing that and there was something about it that stood out to people or an aspect of it. I mean, taking apart the computer and putting it back together, that's kind of a big deal. I would not have ever imagined myself doing that as a kid. Yeah, I was a little bit older for that, but the one that okay. that comes to mind was was taking two different cassettes and then blending a mix of audio to video and like basically making a little creation, right? This uh-huh. little home DJ, if you will. And I was really young at the time. I remember it was a Radio Shack tape player or something. And I had a couple of them and I remember mm-hmm. blending it. And I remember sharing it with some of my friends. And I, I can't remember how old I was, but I was really, really young. But best guess. Now that I'm thinking about it, I would probably say seven. Okay, great. So in that okay. range, maybe eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that sounds like a very unique thing for a kid to do at that level that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 V- very yeah. unique. So then the question that I have that goes with that is what was the particular sensation or feeling that you had as you were in the process of figuring that out and figuring it out? I would probably say mostly curiosity, mm-hmm. excitement when I could find a piece fit together or it, I had a conclusion in which my hi- hypothesis was correct mm. or I exceeded that hypothesis. And then mm-hmm. also the, the gratification mm-hmm. of the acknowledgement from my friends showing them what I had produced and, and created that sense of pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm really drawn to the word hypothesis. Like mm-hmm. when you say that, I have a sense that you had a sense, you had a feeling, you had a concept that if you put these things together in this way, you could create this. Is that, does that seem right? Yeah. It's a curiosity that drove me of, I wonder what this could do if I possibly Mm -hmm. did this and not even really understanding what it could do, but just sometimes the curiosity of, I wonder where this would go, not what it would Mm -hmm. do, but 
but where would this take me? And I definitely yeah. remember that. Beautiful. So then, mm-hmm. then clearly the question is, where did it take you? Now, now that you are at this moment in your life, where has that, how, how does that show up now in your life? Okay. So that's a big question. So I've, a and, big and maybe, part, maybe you could speak to it, like just sort of like bird's eye view, just so I can get yeah. to the whole thing around the hero's journey aspect of it. Sure. So that aspect, I mean, if I look back and I was on my rocking chair at the end of my life and said, wow, mm-hmm. what are the things that actually made me smile? Besides just the relationships that I cultivated, but some of the experiences that I had, a lot of them came from tinkering with tech and scratching the itch for this curiosity. Well, I'll, I'll riff off that example of, of what I just gave you. That literally led me into starting my DJ career back in 2005 is when I started. I actually got my first decks in 2004. And I have to say DJing. And I DJed for years. I've DJed all over the world. I toured all over the world. One of the most fulfilling experiences I've ever had in my entire life. And it's definitely mm. one of those rocking chair moments. If I look back, yeah, it just, it, it just fills me up. And it, yeah. it literally started from that curiosity of, of playing. It wasn't just music, mm-hmm. but, but being able to blend stuff together. Right. Great. And, and so you, but you're not DJing anymore. Is that right? I'm D- I DJ a little bit, but it's not as paramount as it once was. Okay. So it's not my sense that, okay, now you've DJed and that whole essence of wanting to tinker and explore and create is done. What, where, where is that at now as of this moment? Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's transformed now into... I would say cultivation of my retreat, the self-actualized marriage retreat that I do for couples and mm, the experience beautiful. that I do with that. I take him into certain meditations. I take him on hikes. I create and cultivate an entire experience and I, I, I do one for the masculine and I do one for the feminine and just mm-hmm. like the cultivation of the program, the cultivation of the weekend is that in itself is really gets my creative juices flowing and it may not be the same as taking two cassette decks together, but there's still some of that same underlying current of cultivating an experience and and mixing stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it's interesting because if you take the hypothesis of like, if I take this cassette deck and this cassette deck and I link them together, what kind of art can I create? in doing that. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, if I take this masculine being and this feminine being and I link them together in this way, what kind of art can I create? Mm, I love that. Right? Yeah. So it's like that that whole curiosity of look at look at the technology that exists in these two things and look what I can do if I if I bring them together to create something completely new. It's now transferred into your work in relationships. So to go back to, to the original question around how I see the, the hero's journey, for me, the hero's journey, it starts with our essence. You know, the, who we were before we had any judgments or stories or filters or perceptions or oh. I can't be this way and I need to be this way. It's like who we were in our pure expression is the part of us that never changes. 
Mm. And maybe even for yourself, you can see where that part of you, that curiosity to play and explore, maybe it was thwarted. Maybe it was challenged. Maybe you felt like you actually even lost it at certain times in your life. And then you found your way back to it. And you maybe even had to go through this pressure cooker to learn what to do with it, to create for it in, in, in terms of like going on the arc of this, that journey. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I can tell you just from my own experience, there has been times when I guess that essence was there, but the, the, the outlay of what it actually was, the actual thing I was doing, whether it was DJing or something else to, to, to scratch that creative essence itch, if you will, maybe that shifted forms a little bit. And then, yeah. So sometimes through that process, there would be an, an ebb and flow of, of the, the, the actual item I was doing. And on that path, we'll find breakdowns and breakthroughs and mentors and people that we really shouldn't have gone down a road with. And all of those things are part of that hero's journey to find and, and not find, but more rediscover and redesign, re, re, not re, rediscover and re, re, what's the word I'm looking for? Reactivate our essence and how we bring it into the world. It almost sounds like it's, it's a finding to reactivate it, but almost finding a way to express it, mm-hmm. right? Cause sometimes we know what it is, but we don't know how to express it. And would you say, okay, so we've got this essence that we ultimately would like to express. That's part of our hero's journey. It's not just one essence in your eyes, or is it? We have multiple essences that we that may have been dormant or that we are looking to ultimately express. What's your viewpoint on that? You could look at it a number of different ways. The way I look at it is that we have one essence, but within that essence, it can go off in so many different directions, so many different flavors of that essence, so many different expressions of that essence. But ultimately, I see it as, as one energy that is quite honestly it's 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 a div- it's a divine energy that comes mm-hmm. into us and then we get to see what avenue what expression what flavor of it how do i want to use this in my life it almost almost kind of like if you imagine a prism light hits the prism and then it breaks off into all the colors of the rainbow Got so it. Right. what comes into us is an essence and then through us, it breaks off into all of these different colors and, and different vibrations and frequencies mm. and ways that it can be expressed. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. All, so, so a basic, a basic like, like a core essence, I love the prism analogy. And then you have these multiple expressions of it, but it's all supporting essentially this, the, the, this core divine essence. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, when it really okay. comes down to it, I feel very clear that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah. And what's coming through us is our spiritual essence being expressed in the world through our 3D human experience. Right. But ultimately, right. the hero's journey, this hero's journey is all about us finding our way back home to ourselves. 
and so that the start of that process is is almost what they would call the call to adventure. I guess the, the start of it. Interesting. And do, does there always have to be trials and tribulations? For yeah, that there era? does. Yeah, <laughs> there does. And and it's like sorry, but you know, look at it this way: if you look at a baby chicken. Like I, I grew up in Boston and I used to go to the Museum of Science downtown Boston with my family and they would have this chicken egg incubator and you could see these chicken eggs in the process of hatching, you know, through the, through the window of this sort of heated container thing. And you could see these little eggs in different phases of being hatched. Some were just solid eggs. Some had little cracks in it. Some had cracks and holes. Some had you know, a baby chicken, like laying half out of it, exhausted, you know, looking all slimy and, you know, with all the, the plasm or whatever it is, the goo still on it. And then you'd see baby chickens just running around inside of the, the incubator. And what's amazing about it is that if someone was to say, oh, poor baby chicken trying to break its way out of the egg, let me help you by cracking the egg for you so that you don't have to work as hard to get out. If someone did that, the baby chicken would die very soon because the only thing that allows for its survival outside of the egg is the process of building its muscles by breaking out of the egg. And that's literally how the, the perfection of our human experience works. We, we, only, we only get to the next level by building our muscles in the process of being thwarted and challenged and then we get to the next level and that becomes the new normal. And then when we're, when we're ready for the next level, i.e. breaking out of the next egg, metaphorically, we have to go through that whole process. And if it wasn't hard, if somebody was doing it for us, we would never gain the strength that we needed to exist at that next level. There's no growth without being uncomfortable. Ain't that a bitch, right? <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? Who designed this thing? I mean, really? <laughs> And, you know, and, and this is, you know, if, if, if you can get to the point where you can actually embrace the comfortableness with actually being uncomfortable, you know, like, uh, it, it, it still is never a fun process, but mm-hmm. your, your, your mental and your, and your spiritual state can actually pull you through of like, wow, this is some shitty tasty medicine that I just took, but I know in my heart of hearts, it's how I live my life that it's going to make me feel better. Oh man, that's the rub right there because you're right. There's, you're not going to be able to crack through that shell. You're not going to be able to get through that egg unless you're able to build up those muscles. Mm -hmm. Then, and then it's like, and then you have the muscles built, but even better, you have the psychology of like, Mm -hmm. wow, I can do this. Yeah. What else can't I do? Completely. And I mean, yeah. the, the good news is that the more you do it, the more you recognize what's actually happening. Yeah. And it's like, even for me, I have, I have, this is how I live my life and it's still so uncomfortable and I yes. still forget at times <laughs> and I still complain and act myself by like, ah, let's see what my YouTube algorithm has for me today. I'll still do that. But the, but I still, I, I can see what's happening and I get back to it. Faster and faster. Yep. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Your your set point becomes so strong that even when you get knocked off 
And look, you can be Joseph Campbell, you can be Mother Teresa, you can be Tony Robbins. You're, you're going to be challenged to the day you die, but you'll have created a, a mental framework. You'll have created an environment of people, places, things that when you do fall down, that you have a support yeah. structure around you to remind you of like, this is where I am. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is my default place. And it, it makes it, yeah. you're right, much easier to get back on that horse, but those life speed bumps will never go away. Right. They'll never go no, away. And, and, and that's the fascinating that's thing. Part. Right? That's why we're in this human experience. That's exactly exactly where I was going. Experience. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which, which comes with so many challenges because on the non dual side of things, it's like, yeah, it's just all one thing. There is nothing to be in relationship with because it is all one thing. Yeah. But here living in duality in this physical reality yeah, our bodies wear out. Things bump into each other. Things break down. People are bumping off of each other in every direction. And it's constant. It, it, it's having to constantly shift and change and upgrade while we're aging, while our bodies are shifting. And so, you know, we've been inserted, inserted into this reality where it's just, it's just constant chaos. And the way we navigate it is by understanding, oh, this is all for me. This is all for me. This mm-hmm. is all for my evolution. And how I choose to be on this journey is what actually makes it harder or easier, despite yeah. the challenges. And, that, and that's a tough thing because going through this human experience, we, as humans, we encounter stresses, we encounter trauma, we encounter wars, we encounter death. And there are certain types of trauma that come upon us. And we think, how could this happen to us? And how terrible this is. And, you know, there are some just atrocities that come after us that can be bestowed upon us. But there is... Mm -hmm. There is all there is always an opportunity for growth and expansion, even through the the deepest traumas. At, at least in my view, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it's hard. It, it doesn't mean that it's tough. But there is always a, you know, I, I think sometimes you see the brightest phoenixes kind of arise from the from the darkest ashes, if you will. And there is, you know, I think every time that something like that happens, there's, it's almost like the universe holding out two hands, the red and the black or the red and the blue pill, basically Mm -hmm. saying like you, you have an option to embrace growth out of this or to, to pull back and be scarred a little bit into fear. Mm -hmm. And there's something about knowing that even when you get knocked off your horse really hard, that, you may not even know how you're going to overcome it, right? Like heaven forbid you get into a car accident, you lose both your legs. You're like, I don't even know how I'm going to survive out of this. I can't even fathom that there's not one thing that can go through my brain that can see how, how there's anything positive about this. But if you can come back to your belief or, you know, dare I say your spiritual belief of like, I am going to be okay no matter what. This is another part of my hero's journey that I'll get through it. This is my human experience. It still doesn't, make the, the the journey foolproof and easy, but I, I think it really helps you at least get through whatever situation that you're going through. And it's a tough one. Again, this is the human experience. Yeah. I, 
Agreed. I mean, I think what is helpful to me, and I really do believe this, is that our job is to evolve, period. That's it. Yep. And yep. everything that comes with that is, is part of our experience, but our job too is evolve. And so, you know, if that happens, what you just said, God forbid, then your job would be, okay, this is clearly happening. I'm going to clearly need to go through periods of grief for my old life, but how do I use this to evolve? hundred percent. And, 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 and let's say, let's say theoretically, you know, this was your experience. Then it would come down to, okay, this is happening. I'm going to have to grieve my old life, but ultimately how do I use the essence that I came into the world with around my fascination and curiosity Mm. Um, and my hypotheses to work with this situation mm. to create the best from it, because that based on, is now based on this new reality, journey. this new life, yeah. this new journey. Yeah, ah, I love that. Yes, yeah, yeah, because it doesn't That's, end. Yeah. It may shift and change, but it, it just it keeps going. Right, law of transformation or transmission, where it's it, it you know no, nothing never ends. It just kind of like change and morphs. And I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. And so, I, and on a side note on that, to, to put it into, into context in our relationships, our, our intimate relationships, our marriages, what I have found is that when you have a couple, like whenever we come together as a couple, we come from our own six-year-old experiences we, and, and everything mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of builds up. On that, until we get together at 25, at 35, at 45, at 75. And so we bring together this whole different experience and we all have our own different hero's journeys and we have our own different mantras and how we live our lives. I have found that when couples, both sides of the couples can embrace some type of that theme of the universe is always working to help conspire for us and Where's the gift in this? Whether we see mm-hmm. it today, tomorrow, or even two years, five years from now, but couples that can be on that page and embrace that can get through the traumas and the trials of the relationship and of and of life and of, of this physical experience so much easier. And, and those are the those are the couples that. I noticed that that really thrive is mm. when you can get on that same page. It seems to be a very fundamental foundation for, for most striving relationships because it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't end. That's it. Like it's the experience that we're in now. You may not have to have that same belief once we're back into the ethers, <laughs> but we're not there now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I really, I, I so agree with that. You know, I, I always feel that in choosing a significant partner, You're basically saying, okay, I choose you to be the person that all my shit comes up with. And and knowing it's like, okay, well, now now we learn to create art out of this. And it's classic because when when people don't realize that and the stuff comes up, their response is, oh my God, this is so hard. Why did it have to be that thing that came up? Of all the things it could possibly be, why that thing? That's the thing that pisses me off the most. 
And it's like, well, there's your answer. That's why it had to be that thing, because it is the thing that pissed you off the most. And the universe is setting things up for you to be able to move through it. Like that, this is your hero's journey. Congratulations, you're here. <laughs> this is when somebody says that me and Garrison are in the bleachers with popcorn going, fuck yeah. And we're excited. Oh, and we're yeah. like, yes, yeah. like this is the opportunity. And we're with the pop and we're like, let's do this. Oh no, that, that's when like I'm even getting goosebumps just talking about it because that's the opportunity. That's the red and the blue pill right there. Are you going to step into empowerment? And the bigger the growth, the bigger the, the call to action, the call to adventure, mm-hmm. the fucking harder it's going to be. It just yeah. is, but that's where the rewards are. Like that's when life just starts to like rock and roll when you can persevere. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like, that's when like, just, it just gets so amazing. And this is also where, when you have a great support structure to say like, I, I I'm on the edge of the cliff here and, and I'm about to throw up and I don't even know if I can take another step. Mm-hmm. Right? This is where you have a great environment that, that, that really yeah. can cheer you on. Because it's scary as all hell. Completely. I mean, the, the, the good news, and I think the perspective that is really helpful around this is that, I mean, it's literally a law of physics. The greater the resistance that you are up against, the more power there is yeah. on the other side of it. Yeah. And so when you learn to, to, to move through that resistance, all that power you're putting into that resistance becomes your power to use in your life. And so in relationship, when you're up against that thing that is like, oh my God, this is like the worst thing I, of all the things, but it's like, yeah, but on the other side of this, look how much power comes back to you for your health, for your career, for your relationship. You know, it's, that's what makes it worth it. And then, so what would you say to some of our listeners out there right now that, that think, okay, well, I kind of get this, but. I've got a, a parent or I've got an uncle or I've got a coworker or somebody that could, I don't know, maybe use some support in that. Or I think maybe even more generally is someone that isn't a big fuck yes to that ideal because most people, when it comes to being uncomfortable, you know, when they get that hand, those two hands from the universe saying like, you're going to step into power, you're going to step back into fear. And you know, that's where all the juice is. Mm-hmm. How do you help people or how do you inspire people to do that where it's just, it's so overwhelming or it is scary or like, like what do you say to help aid someone like that? So just so I understand, you're basically saying if someone has someone who's, who's close to them, either family or otherwise, and that person is really struggling and shut off. Yeah. Whether it's a friend or maybe even someone's listening to this and you know, what would you say to them to help them maybe stay strong to step into the fire? Right. Because look, I, I feel, you know, I, I love the work that you're doing and I feel that this world would radically transform even more if they would embrace a little more of this hero's journey to, to be able to get, a little bit uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it takes a little bit to, I guess, come into this belief or to almost get excited about that challenge, if you will, because mm-hmm. most people, yeah. they don't want to step into that challenge. So I, you know, right. I think I'm, I'm thinking more of a, a philosophical question of, you know, what is the, 
the way for people to help look at this a little bit more? Or what do we say to people? Or, you know, I know this is a really big question that I'm throwing on your plate right now, but I, but I feel like this right here could just really help. And, and I'm just kind of like back and forth riffing with you right now, but it's, it's so big that it's even hard to, to put it in words on the question. But, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Here's how I would put it in this moment is if you are here and if you are listening to my words right now, then I want you to consider that you are inside of a game and the game is such that it's not like it, it doesn't occur like a video game, like you're watching on a screen and you know, it's, it's just all fun and you can turn it on and off whenever you want. The game that you're a part of is you are inside of that game and being inside of that game means that your nervous system is plugged into it, which can make this game very uncomfortable and very real and very confronting and very pleasurable and very heartwarming and very fulfilling and very scary and all the shit. Like you are inside of it. But if you start to see what if this actually was a game, how would I win? How do you win at this game that we have been inserted into? And, you know, in my life these days, it's not uncommon that people will say to me when I share with them some of the things that I've been working on and moving through, people will say, oh my gosh, wow, you're so brave. And the truth is, I don't think I'm brave. I think I've just exhausted all the other options. And now I'm just doing the things that I never really wanted to do because there's nothing left to do. <laughs> and in doing those things, I get that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like what is becoming abundantly more clear is that when we actually start to lean into those places that would have us go unconscious, distract ourselves, evade and elude dealing with those things, when we actually choose to lean in and meet those very difficult confronting energies and we start to attune to them and normalize them and start to rise above them, it becomes like the break in a fever where we didn't even realize how much pain we were in until we were out of pain. And then we can look back and say, oh my God, I didn't even realize how much pain I was in. I feel so much better now. And you start to become kind of addicted to it. It's like, oh, here's another fever. And now the fever broke. And it's like, oh my God, I feel so much better. I didn't even realize how much that was hurting until I was on the other side of it. The more you do that, the more you have the experience of like, oh shit, here comes the next fever. Can't wait to be on the other side of that. And it really does start to pick up momentum and the evolution starts to come. But what's involved on your part is that you have to choose to lean in. You have to choose to be brave and you have to choose to be in the game. That's what comes through in this moment. Yeah, because you have to choose it because the the reconditioning part of it is going through the experiences. Once you go through the experiences, mm. then you get the reference point for it. So the next time it happens, you get another reference point for it. But it's in the beginning, so you don't have as many reference points, or at least you're not cognitively aware of those reference mm. points. You have to kind of cognitively choose it, right? That's a, yeah. that, that's a, that's a really interesting thing. Yeah. And, and like yeah. you said, you can only see those reference points after the fact because that's just how it works, which is fascinating, which means you just have to choose to say, fuck it and be brave and see what happens. Yeah. So 
So what's the what's the way to help people say, all right, fuck it and see what happens when the vast majority of people on this planet are, you know, uncomfortable adverse. They, you know, they'll, they'll almost do anything to avoid stepping into the fire. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. the big question. You know, I don't have the answer for yeah. that, but you know. Yeah. I don't know if I have the answer, but I have a perspective, which is if you associate as one of these people who will do anything to avoid the discomfort, start by asking yourself how well that's worked out for you. Does it, does it have you feel safer in your life to, to sort of consistently avoid the discomfort? Does that have the discomfort go away? And at what point do you get so tired of living in discomfort that you're actually willing to turn and face the discomfort, trusting that it actually may be a path to quelling that discomfort. Mm. It's, it's counterintuitive, mm. but yeah. that's how it works. That's, that's, the, that's the wildness of this whole game is that it's, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. And to, to piggyback on that, what's, what's so ironic is we do that to avoid the uncomfortableness, but actually once we start to step through it and, and go through that, then we, you know, like you said, we get the hindsight, we we get the 2020 and the, the avoiding of that actually starts to take almost more, like just as much energy you know, to, to constantly have to like weave and bob from going mm-hmm. into the fire, like that alone takes up a lot of energy, you know? Yeah. Yes. It really and does. It almost sounds like, like an example that's coming up to me is, you know, someone who maybe goes to the gym all the time or eats really well all the time and, you know, maybe breaks their leg or something and can't get to the gym or, or is able to exercise or, or do yoga for a little bit. Someone does yoga for two years straight and they don't do yoga for three weeks. They're just like, wow, I could, Oh, my body's just really stiff. Mm. But if you've never done yoga at all, you just, you, you kind of get used to that, that stiffness. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? And you don't realize you got to like overcome it. Like, no, you got to get uncomfortable and like do a yoga class, but you don't realize it because being stiff becomes your default in -hmm. reality. Yeah. Well, once you, once you create that habit, then you get into a whole flow of that becoming the new normal and, and life is different. Um, which, by the way, I, w- I would also add, it basically takes 30 days for new neural pathways to form. Yeah. So any habit that you do for 30 days or more starts to become the new normal. Yeah. But it actually it, it takes that level of, of, of choosing to be determined for that period of time for change to happen. And, and you know, that's not, in, in actuality, that's a very short amount of time, but it does take some commitment. So let's get back to this essence part of the hero journey, mm-hmm. because it, it sounds, at least from what I'm hearing from you, like all the hero's journey is, is really encapsulated around this essence. Um, okay. As, so, yeah. As, as, I, as I hold it on my version of the hero's journey. It's as you hold it. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's play off of that. Okay. So, er, so everything around this hero's journey is going to be tied, at least in your perspective, to this essence and the expression of of that essence. How important is it to 
to have clarity on what that essence is, as opposed to, because you can be unconsciously competent, right? You're doing the thing mm-hmm. that you're meant to do, but you're not aware of it. How mm-hmm. important is the awareness of that essence? Right. Is it as important as, as expressing it and doing mm-hmm. it and, you know, going through trials and tribulations and failures and getting back up, you know, how important is it to actually understand the essence as opposed to just doing it? I get my sense is, is that it's very, it's very individual. For example, if okay. you look at someone like Richard Branson, yeah. he, he may not be privy to anything that we're talking about, but he just lives that way. Period. Yeah. You know, you don't have to know what your essence is to be able to live it. You could just be like, look, I just do what's true for me and that's how I live. Right? They they may not they may not be able to go back or they it may not have ever occurred to them to go back to their childhood and be like, Holy shit, you're right. When I was a kid, I was doing this thing and everybody was like, Wow, that was that was so you to do. Like they may never have even thought of that, but they may still live in, in, in alignment with their essence. And then there are other people who are going through their lives and their sense is, I don't know what I should be doing. I don't know what the right work for me is. I don't know what I should be doing. And then there are, there are people who they are doing what they're passionate about, but they're still getting pulled off track by all the, the pressures and the, the different options and things they should be doing. And people who are running big companies and getting sort of like sucked into getting sucked off path. So for people like that, yeah, it would be really helpful for them to know what their essence is because the more we stay true to that and the more we keep that as our due north on our own personal compass, the better we always inevitably do. So let's now talk about voice. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about storytelling We talked a little bit before the show. Tell me how important storytelling is in the hero's journey, or is it important in this process? Well, for someone to really see their own hero's journey, what what I do is when I work with people, I tell them the story of them because A, stories rock, and people like hearing stories and they like being the hero of their own story and it makes it easier to integrate and everything is a story to begin with anyways and that's how our human psyche is designed around all of that which is why stories exist to begin with but yes the understanding the story of us is what allows us to augment the script of the story we've had up to this point for example you know, I've worked with people, very successful people, who have had certain stories of their lives. And yet when I go through and I can see their story from, you know, a bird's eye view, and I can share with them, listen, in, in, in alignment with your highest self, here's the story of you. Here's why you've had to go through all of the things that you've had to go through. Here's why it was so difficult and painful for you to break out of that egg and that egg and that egg in order for you to grow the muscles to be able to be doing this right now and look at what it's setting you up for moving forward, you know, we can really start to rewrite the story of their life to, to match up with the, 
the highest expressed version of who they are that is not just like, oh, try this on as an idea. They immediately get, oh, shit, that really lines up. Like they feel the truth of that. And, and being able to, to distinguish that story on their behalf is what actually gives them a lot of freedom. And so when you also refer to storytelling, and this is really interesting, I was thinking about the story of who they are and, and what their essence is and what they have to give to the world and all of that. But part of what you're telling me is it's, it's not that, or it's not only that, but it's their internal story of, of who they are and, and what they're here for. Is that what I'm hearing? It's, it's both for sure. It is both. Um, okay. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the internal story of who they are and what they're here to do. And then there is, then there is speaking to the world. Here is my story and here's what I am. I'm here to do. Yeah. And it almost sounds like the internal story is the foundation and then it's the story of expressing what they have to give to the world, their offering, what they're here to do, what they're here to offer, and all of that, I guess, bounces yeah. off their internal story. Is, is, is that how I'm hearing you? Yeah. You know, I've, 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 been, I've been a writer. I've written many TEDx talks for, for clients, you know, and helping them with their story. And when I work with someone and I'm, and I'm creating the script for that, what I'm doing is I'm finding their authentic truth. I'm, I'm listening for the words behind their words and the feelings behind those words. And then I write something for them, but I write it in a way that I know it's totally true for them. And I'm writing it in a way that I know the audience can completely receive and integrate it. So it almost creates like this infinity loop of from, from the speaker to the audience. And as the audience receives it and indicates back to the speaker that they totally get it, it empowers the speaker to bring more of themselves into the delivery of that, which then has the audience feel them even more and indicate back to them that they're really receiving it. And it just creates this infinity loop back and forth. So it's like, it's really sort of bridging the two. <laughs> but what I was going to say is what's, what's much more alive for me these days is instead of even doing any writing for clients, now I'm working with clients to make these emotional storytelling videos about their hero's journey and their work. Because ultimately, and this, I think this goes back to your question, people care less about what you do and much more about why you do it. Because that's where they feel you in their bones. That's where they feel you in their heart. That's where they resonate with your own human journey and say, wow, I trust this person. I like this person. I really think they've got what I need. And so in doing these beautiful emotional storytelling videos, people watch them and feel a deep sense of rapport, connection, and trust before they even, even ever have a, a conversation with this person. And it just completely sets the stage for all kinds of new possibility between people. I love that. So take us through, now, bouncing off of that, tell me about why that's so important and what your client actually gets through it. And, and maybe you can kind of just take us through a little bit of the process uh, mm -hmm. that you do with your clients and then the kind of benefits that they get from that process. There's so many things I love about it. I mean, you know, first of all, I've got a background in filmmaking, in literature, in coaching, in, you know, transformational experiences, in art and design and 
all the things. And so this brings so many of my loves together in one way to really serve people who are here to serve people. And one of the many things I love about it is that I see people very deeply. You know, I really see them on a soul level. I see, I see their essence and I can see who they're truly here to be in the world. And I can see that when other people see your essence the way that I do, they're going to want to work with you. They're going to fall in love with you. They're going to want to hire you because they get it. And so one of the many things I love about it is that I am helping my clients, first of all, to be seen in a way that maybe they felt in their heart, but didn't know it was actually possible to create for others to see. And that is just a, such a beautiful up-leveling for entrepreneurs to have one of these pieces for themselves, because it's, very, it's a huge acknowledgement to who they are and what their hero's journey path has been. And then on top of that, you know, more logistically, what I do is we do a, you know, I bring in a professional videographer and I take, a, take someone for, through a, you know, sometimes a two to three hour interview where I really capture, you know, their essence and who they were and their story and their breakdowns and breakthroughs and, you know, where they were really put up against it and how they were forced to really re-engage with this essence and what it's turned into and how they use it in the world. And people are just so moved by these stories. And so we shoot it on beautiful video and this beautiful interview, really capture all of the emotions, all of the vulnerability. I'm someone that people feel very safe with and connected with and very seen by. So it very naturally comes into the space. And then we do another shoot day where we shoot all of this beautiful slow motion footage of them moving through their life, moving through nature, moving through you know, their, their work and with their clients and whatever they're up to. And we shoot them in, in slow motion. And then we take it and intercut it through the interview so that people really get a sense of almost like, oh, this is what they're like when they forget that they're on camera. This is, this is who they are as they're just being themselves moving through the world. And it creates a very multi-layered, multi-dimensional experience where you get to feel and know this person on many levels very quickly. And it's, it's just a huge accelerator to people's careers, to their businesses, to people watching a video and saying, yeah, I need to work with you. What a great way for someone to kind of amplify and connect with their own essence and then being able to, to share that in such a profound mm -hmm. way. And I think you're right. Storytelling is, it's, it's such a, a profound medium and it's interesting. I have a theme every single year. I've had this for, I, I can't even count how many years that I have a theme for my life. And voice has been mm -hmm. a really strong theme the last couple mm -hmm. years. And I think a lot of people have that as well. And I, I really love the work that you're doing. Remind the audience again, the name of the course that you're involved with and that you're offering. Yeah. One of the things I'm doing right now is I'm just making it very simple for people to experience it. It's called the hero's journey experience. And I may change some of the names around on the website. So don't get confused if you go there, but right now it's just a 90 minute experience where you basically get a mini version of the emotional storytelling video. And I take someone through the entire process. And then at the end of the interview, I record the last 10, 15 minutes as I go back to the beginning and say, 
Now let me take you on the st- through the story of you. And people get to see connections between things and why things had to happen the way that they did and how it really did set them up the right way. Or some people may also see like, yeah, here's where you are on your journey and look at what it wants to become. Look at, look at how you're being asked to bring yourself to your hero's journey in service of this essence that wants to come through you into the world in these ways. So whether someone is really engaged you know, on the path of their hero's journey or feel that they've fallen off of it, it's something that helps them see where they're at and where it all wants to go. And it, it's often very a huge acknowledgement just to their life. Yeah, absolutely. So if anybody is listening to this and is so confident about, you know, having that expression or understanding that, or if they're even in that contemplation mode of like, huh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure where to go with this, but I have a curiosity about this. Garrison is definitely the man that you're going to want to connect with. Garrison, why don't you tell people where they can find you and, and the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, thanks, Scott. My website is simply theheroesjourneyexperience.com. Beautiful. And again, all of the links, information, and Garrison's bio will be on the webpage, the Master and Fulfillment website. And Garrison, I want to thank you again for bringing your heart, your soul, your wisdom, your expertise to the show. This hero's journey and everything that is kind of like wrapped up into it is just, it really is a key part of our fulfillment and our evolution and the, you know, the very first step of just embracing that and being okay and excited, right? We want you along with me and Garrison sitting on, on the football stand in the bleachers with the popcorn, because like, this is like, this is the juice. And like, this is where life really starts to rock and roll. And and again, I want to thank you again for coming on the show and, you know, sharing your heart with our audience because you're doing some really beautiful work. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Scott. And I, I just thought of this quote that I'd love to end with, which is a quote from Joseph Campbell. And what he basically said was, I don't believe people are looking for the meaning of life as much as they are looking for the feeling of being alive. And, and that's what this is all really about is, is the experience of truly feeling alive. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So thanks so much, Scott. Really great conversation. Really enjoyed being here with you. You're so welcome. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Mastering Fulfillment podcast. As always, we love you and we will see you on the next episode. Are you ready to take your personal, relational, or business fulfillment to the next level? With one-on-one personal support, co-developed strategies, and accountability, Scott have the tools, compassion, and years of experience helping people just like you live an extraordinary life. Visit MasteringFulfillment.com for details. If you enjoyed this show, we would be so grateful if you left a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us out immensely. Thank you so much.